0: All right. So, um, now that we're, uh, all already talking about it, I will drop this in here. So this uh, from drone DJ. Um, the new FCC filing, uh, talks about the, uh, new uh FPV, uh, drone, the new, uh, remote controller and the DJI FPV goggles, um, version two. So as we were pointing out, uh, The uh, model number is for the FPV drone is FD1W4K. So it may have a 4K camera on it. It is running a 2000 milliamp battery at 22.2 volts. Um, Seems like the battery is going to be encapsulated within the drone during flight. So, you know, uh, we don't uh, have flying batteries because, you know, we all know that flying batteries are no fun. I've thrown a couple myself. Um, the remote controller um has a twenty six hundred milliamp battery um and uh it seems from pictures that we've seen it's gonna be styled like a almost like a tango um it's got a flip up antenna uh game controller style uh very reminiscent of an xbox or playstation controller um the f p v goggles uh version two. Um, everything that they've seen is that, uh, they're relatively the same. I, my hopes is that they're a little bit smaller and more form factor-ish. Um, I doubt that. yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, the one nice thing is, is they are, you know, uh, definitely a good, uh, good screens in there and, uh, definitely a good package in there. But, uh, we've heard some room. I know I've read some rumors that four antennas, the antenna the in- antennas are uh, positioned slightly differently and that there possibly is a built-in patch antenna. Um, So I didn't uh, see that in the FCC filings. I didn't either, but I saw um, somebody posted something. It might've been on Facebook yesterday, you know, as much as you can trust that. (laughs) But uh, um, so, I mean, that would be an interesting combination. Five antennas, uh, uh, for yeah. uh, distance and diversity. What so. I
1: saw was they actually labeled the antennas, and they showed which two antennas were transmit antennas and which two were receive antennas, and they were diagonally oh. across the the uh, the goggles. So if you if okay. you look through those FCC filings and you scroll down into the the testing file, it. It shows sort of outlines of the goggles and what different antennas are doing what and
0: gotcha.
1: the other most interesting thing I think is that all three pieces um do both two point four gigahertz and five point eight gigahertz. Oh, There's no nine hundred megahertz like the rumors had in it, but they do they are tested and working on both two four and five point eight. I don't know oh, how that... they work together, but they do.
0: Interesting. Well, That'll be a definite push on range, being able to drop into the 2.4. So <clears throat> Yeah, all right.
1: extra. Hopefully not video on 2.4. I, yeah, I don't know if they're running control link on 2.4 and video on 5.8 or they mix the two together or any of those things, but that'll yeah. be fun to see when people do get reviews of them out there. All right. So
0: the other big piece of news uh, this week was Arecibo
1: um, collapsing. Oh, yeah, that um, video was something else. Did you so, watch the drone uh, video of uh, the, the That's cable what this snapping? is, yeah.
0: So um, they had a video up when they, it looked like they were inspecting the cables, and you can see the cables were frayed and whatnot, and then it just snaps. And uh, you don't actually see the um, receiver array actually fall into the dome, but you see kind of the, the distinct aftermath of it and the, the dust and debris and whatnot um don't start any rumors there bruce (laughs) right somebody did post it might have been in your channel or in your uh group uh bruce that you know somebody's gonna blame uh, a drone for taking out her sebo right but uh yeah that was uh pretty crazy and uh definitely a a big uh blow to um the observatory community so um pretty tragic they were working on phasing out the uh um the actual the the radio array anyway but uh this kind of just hastened that uh its demise i guess so i couldn't imagine
1: but, being the the drone operator like checking out those cables <clears throat> and you suddenly start to see it snap it's like oh uh, crap <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i i can definitely imagine that was uh kind of a. Uh, A a crazy moment. Um, This is probably one of the most interesting uses of a drone that I've seen thus far. Um, So this little tiny whoop kind of thing is actually using moth antennas to sniff out chemicals. Um, And they're actually harvesting these and... Somehow linking these into the electronics. So that little loop that you see at the top of the drone there—that's actually a moth antenna. Um, oh, gosh, poor moth! Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're dubbing it the smellicopter. Um, but uh, it's—it can be used to um, sniff out chemicals like toxic particles um, at uh, a fraction of the concentration of that detectable by another. Um, obviously, uh, you know, moths were harmed in the making of this <laughs> drone. <laughs> so, um, but, the, the, apparently the cells of the antenna are excited by the particles wafting over them and created a fast and reliable and accurate signals for those chemicals they are built to detect. Um, it says reprogramming those sensitivities would be non-trivial, but far from impossible. Um, apparently, uh, the team used uh, a pair of fins on the backside of the drone to keep the antenna pointed upward and upwind, um, so that it can basically be used to detect that there's a video in the, uh, in the link there, um, detailing it as well as, uh, an interview with, uh, one of the researchers, uh working on the project so um yeah that's super fun let's see this is a kind of a satire article uh, this comes from the national law review um and uh um it starts off very weird and it says if we think about drones we probably think about remote controlled assassination machines manned by Mossad or fly through tours of the homes of the rich and famous. You know, I mean, obviously <laughs> One being those a part too, of,
1: huh? <laughs>
0: right. It could be anything else. Um, so it goes into talking about different uses of drones, like uh, police drones that can be sent out to the scene of a crime or drones that are uh, used uh, to see when wild hogs are destroying your, your crops. And then the guy goes into a couple different uh, kind of satire-y type uses for drones. So one of them would be the gecko cam, uh, which would be the Geico insurance customers are astounded to see their rates increase after the insurance carrier um, deploys smart drones to watch your driving habits. And then the daddy drone, uh, just program the daddy drone with your daughter's favorite haunts and voila, no need to prowl the neighborhood with your lights off um the karen camera the gym rat so definitely you know the guy's having a little bit of fun here but uh i thought it was kind of a cute but uh definitely the weird beginning
2: um
0: so this one talks about something we've talked about for a while uh which would be drone localization policies so um as we know there there was some legislation that I think I read got, uh, pushed out of the DOD reauthorization or, you know, refunding or whatever about, um, banning, uh, Chinese drones or Chinese manufactured drones. And, and those drones would be including obviously DJI. Um, they do talk about this, uh, in the article, um, where it would be, you know, people think that it would be better to store data domestically. Um, and that foreign firms can't be trusted. this comes you know this policy is known as data localization. Um, and the author here uh goes on to posit that uh the policy serves no purpose uh, because many countries are waking up to the problem and taking steps to roll back such measures. but it appears not enough pol- policymakers have learned a lesson as history seems to be repeating itself um with emerging technology uh being drones so the justice justice department's office of justice program uh revised its drone purchasing policy prohibiting the use of uh, federal funds to purchase drones manufactured by a covered foreign entity Uh, meanwhile almost a year after it temporarily grounded its entire drone fleet because all of its drones were either made in China or with parts from China, the Interior Department issued a memo incentivizing the use of U.S.-made drones from the Defense Department's blue UAS list. Um, So those would be companies like AltaVion, Parrot, Skydio, Teal, and Vantage Robotics. Um, So it, it goes on to say, you know, the policies serve no real purpose because the security of drones doesn't depend on where they're made. Um, it says domestic drones can be hacked and foreign drones can be secure. And, you know, I've covered various articles about DJI's, you know, security policies on their drones, the ability to turn, you know, data collection off, um, and, uh, you know, definite control. There was, uh, specific software written for the department of the interior's drones by dji in conjunction with the doi uh that makes that completely impossible to be able to connect a drone to dji servers um but it says by limiting which drones the federal government buys these policies limit access to the best most secure technology Moreover, if other countries copy this model by prohibiting drones based on their country of origin, it would restrict US drone companies from exporting their products and services. Um, so we could fall into the same trap trying to sell US-made drones to other parts of the world. So definitely an interesting article uh, covering why the uh, localization policies are a bad idea. Um, as we've said all along, it, it's. I think it's you know like you know, the potential remote ID, it's, you know, onerous and, and, you know, it really, uh, doesn't take any of the risks, real risk into, uh, it doesn't factor any of that into the policies that they're creating. So,
2: um, let's hey, see. Yeah. What's up, bud. Hey, you got a comment on that one. Uh, I think I've talked to you guys about it last week, but, um, you guys, you you basically touched on it, but didn't say exactly the name of the program. They call it Riser, mm-hmm. um, and that's like the whole thing specific to DJI. The DUI or someone in the government basically hired a company called Rogue Squadron RS. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Android store, they basically. Uh, it's called RS pilot. You use that. Uh, re- I'm actually doing that right now. I'm in Virginia beach with the special operations folks and flying a DJI on their base. Uh-huh. Um, and they had, they required me to put rise, you know, be riser compliant, which basically I had one of our software guys that is, that knows how to do that stuff, basically upload the right, the right software on both the, the drone and the tablet that's connected to the controller. Mm-hmm. and so both of them have to have that you know riser compliant software would and then you're also using the rs rogue squadron app um rs pilot app and can so all three doing all three of those makes you or allows you to use dji products within dod installations oh um, wow yeah That's pretty interesting and, and so like i basically and right like today i'm sitting in a hotel right now basically but today i went and and flew you know over at you know in virginia beach here i one of these one of the bases here basically flew over, flew and within their airspace and they have a established COA as well um but but yeah i was able to fly and that's what they want and that's what they um and and you can sh- you can they wanted you to prove it so like you know we give them the paperwork that showed hey uh, you know That were riser compliant and and to be able to get riser in general you have to have like a dod account is what i was told if they like the riser software to be able to download that and then upload it onto your drone you have to have initially a someone sponsored within the dod to be able to even download that wow Um, yeah so we had luckily we we had that software already so that's the i know it's uh, not the super detailed process but i mean I couldn't no, explain it very well, but that's basically top level of what, what it's about.
0: Okay. That's great information. Cool. All right. So let's jump into um, this one. So we've talked about NVIDIA and uh, the drone world using NVIDIA AI uh, process, or processors in their drones. So this is uh, one of the companies that is jumping into that would be SkyDrone. Um, and they're using, uh, NVIDIA AI processing, um, on their 5G connected drones. So this would allow uh, rapid AI processing of data coming from a drone in midair and reacting to it in real time. Um, and specifically for use, uh, flying beyond visual line of sight. So sky drone specializes in drone connectivity technology and has been the leader of 4G LTE connection devices for the past few years. Um, and there are uh, thousands of AI startups use NVIDIA GPUs to accelerate their solutions and disrupt key markets. Um, and they use uh, NVIDIA Deep Learning Institute um, to allow limited access to their developer forums and hardware. Uh, so Sky Drone, I clicked a, at the bottom here. Sky Drone has a Sky Drone FPV three. I clicked on that. That's a thousand dollar FPV setup that runs on 4G LTE networks. So, you know, we could be paying $1,000 if you want to transmit on 4G at 1080p. So there's that. Um, but definitely interesting that, uh, NVIDIA is not just, you know, being used as a graphics card technology, but their processors are, you know, being used for, you know, numerous other things, including AI and, and in drones. So it does look bigger than a Conax Pro site. <laughs> it's a little uh, seems a little large, but you know, for you know, you know, some of the more industrial grade drones, uh, definitely for ones that would be doing, uh, you know, like rail rail line inspection, agricultural inspection, you know, uh, civil engineering inspections. You know, it might be a, a definite useful technology, um, and being able to transmit over four G, five G. Uh, would definitely give you nearly unlimited range so um, pretty interesting this thing i'm gonna i'm gonna jump over to this thing and uh i i really want one of these so you know if somebody wants to send me one for christmas this would be great so um didn't pop up the picture (laughs) hang on a second hold on you gotta have the picture I know the picture's, uh, definitely intense. So this is a, uh, a UAS that employs both, uh, quadcopter and fixed wing properties, uh, without using, um, tilted, uh, I want to say without using tilted rotors, but the rotors are tilted, but they're fixed tilted.
1: Kind of like the Um, DJI FPV drone.
0: Right. So, uh, the if you can see, I'll post a couple more pictures for those that don't want to click on the link, but um this thing is pretty intense and it's got uh looks like about forty five degree tilted front uh, uh motors that are facing upwards and then forty five degree tilted uh motors on the backside that are facing backwards or facing down. Is it um,
1: camouflage so it can surprise other air traffic? Well, you know, I, I'm not
0: sure, but um, this thing is uh, crazy looking. And uh, no, there's actual non-3D rendered ones here. Hang on a second. Um, <clears throat> let's see, I mean, they might be 3D rendered. Who knows? With uh, uh technology with an
1: NVIDIA video card,
0: right? Yeah, there you go um but uh it seems like it's got a wingspan of maybe about six or seven feet uh it's kind of hard to tell um but uh obviously it uses the motors it it would be able to hover um and it's able to cruise uh basically with the help of the wings uh for extended flight times um it's coming from latvia so you know i'm thinking some definite dr doom potential here so um but uh yeah it's it's pretty crazy looking so um let's see
2: hey kojo yeah hey um just another comment here for you guys uh look up um lynx vtol l-y-n-x um and then vtol f-v-t-o-l um Probably post if you can if you could post a picture on it um just google it and you can see it on images yeah. um i fly that also for work so it's a i call these hybrid i mean it's a hybrid class of uas and it's basically does the same functions i believe as what you just posted um, um but it's uh it's a basically a quadcopter it takes off and lands vertically and then it transitions to forward moving flight like a you know a normal fixed wing prop you know prop up in the front yeah, and it does it beautifully. It does it very smooth, and you know both the transition out and and back to VTOL. Um, and uh, it seems like it's a similar idea to what you posted here, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Except the uh, the links looks like uh, I mean the uh, one I posted from the article uh, doesn't have a forward facing prop. I think the forty five degree. Prop Hmm. orientation, uh, kind of takes care of that. Hmm. Um, but, uh, it would definitely, you know, obviously massive flight controller influence on how fast, you know, those props are spinning to maintain, uh, that forward moving flight as opposed to, you know, just pushing it vertically. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I
3: mean, how's the the transition from uh, vertical to horizontal, uh, handle is that within one flight controller?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. That's cool. It's so cool, man. It's it basically the way it, when you visually look at it when it goes from forward moving to back to VTOL, it does like a quick like pitch up, like not like nothing drastic, but it's just like you can see like a quick angle of attack increase, yeah. And you can hear the props, the like the props spool up, the VTOL props spool up, and then the forward moving, you know, the prop up in the front, you know, spools down, and it and it just does it like, um, you think it just look like shit? No, it's it does it. Beautifully. And I, I don't know. It's just amazing. I'll, I'll try to get a video and send it to you guys one time of me flying. Yeah. It'd be it. Cool. yeah. And, and it uh, does cool. that automatically. You don't, you don't do that. You know, obviously you, you really can't do that manually with your, you're on your own, but you can take manual control once it gets into forward moving flight or once it, or you can, the VTOL. In VTOL or in VTOL if you want, it's not recommended mm-hmm. the guys that make it as SRP arrow uh, out in California, and they're a small company I've talked, you know, talk, you know talked to them, and it's just, um, it's used for surveying, like that's what they built it for, like surveying type purposes. Mm-hmm. You can't take manual control. We're obviously, you know, we buy shit and we do, you know, we, <laughs> we do it that things with it that that is not necessarily what they built it for, and we're trying to put sensors and payloads on it and stuff like that. And, um, uh, but the nice thing about it is people like to use hybrid type vehicles for, hey, I want to land on the back of a ship because I don't have a I don't have a runway and I need to go and I need to go beyond station somewhere for an hour or something like that. Right. And um, and it's hard to find something that can a a fixed wing on its own that can do that. And I need to be able to go at, you know, 50 knots, constant 50 knots and patrol this area for an hour or two. The links links VTOL can do that. And the one you posted probably can do that, too. Mm-hmm. It does an hour or two, two hours of flight time is what that Lynx VTOL does, which is nice. I would, I would imagine Very the one point.
0: I, I think the one I posted, it says in the article that it's got about a 20 minute flight time. And I would imagine that's because of the no front push, you know, prop mm-hmm. and the quad motors, you know, taking care of that thrust, you know, in mm-hmm. as opposed to one one forward facing prop so
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which absolutely makes sense and the thing looks like a tank so it's probably got way too much weight <laughs> on it whereas the lynx is very svelte and and uh pretty lean i would imagine
3: yep. Text so Jet is telling us textjet 454 is telling us that uh, ardupilot folks have these all over the place so i'm assuming they're using an arduino processor
0: yeah i would
3: imagine what's the code what's the code
0: (laughs) well the other thing i'm curious about is on i mean on any either of these aircraft what the drag is like you know like the on the links like what's the drag like on the props when they're not in use like on the on the quad props you know and how much does that affect you know the flight characteristics oh Uh,
2: oh so the nice not much because the uh as you see in that picture, the second picture you sent, mm-hmm. it, it automatically feathers the props uh, forward and aft. Okay. So, so you you don't they don't spin in flight, um, and in forward moving flight. And same okay. thing with the other one, the the well the prop is not it's not a big deal right in VTOL it doesn't matter. But those those the front propeller does fold backwards if you. When it comes and touches on the ground, it doesn't break. It, it actually just folds backwards, like okay. oh, some aircraft do. So that's cool. They actually made the first one. They made is just just the links, not the links VTOL, and mm-hmm. that one is just a fi- imagine without the VTOL motors. That's what it looks like. And they use that all the time. Uh, we flew in it out at Edwards Air Force Base in California, and they basically those what they was do, they just stall out. You can stall out at like twenty feet, and then they just come and hit the ground. And the wings to reduce the load on the body. The wings are the first things that pop. They actually pop. they're designed they to just pop off. Yeah, they break away. Exactly, and that's what they they made first. The links with that two huh. hour flight time, and then they they went to the VTOL version of it now. So, but there's a lot of like, I think it's not. I know it's not the only one. Like as as they mentioned below, there are other stuff, but they're not as popular, and they're expensive too. So.
0: Well, I can imagine. Yeah, a lot of those yeah. industrial grade, you know surveying drones and and
2: and uas are definitely going to be on the pricier yeah. uh, side it's of the... 18 18 i think it costs us like seven or seventeen thousand or eighteen thousand dollars. holy for geez, one so of
0: them okay, i wasn't expecting that much money but hey there you That's go expensive. it comes in a
2: nice carrying kit and it's like a three-layered carrying kit to be able to disassemble it all and, 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 wow. and it's like seven, seven foot wingspan i think something like that it's pretty it's pretty yeah. big Alright. So
0: Dave, you sent this to me as a little bit of comic relief. I'm gonna drop it. I haven't had a chance to read it all. Um but you're, this is the a,
3: nor, nor <laughs> have I.
0: National Space Policy of the United States of America. So yeah. um Dave, have you read enough to talk about
3: it? I have I have not.
0: Okay. Uh, it's published so, today. Yikes. All right. Yeah. So uh, for those who want to know uh, the space policy, um, this came out of the FAA, um, and uh, this is the FAA's uh, space policy for the United States of America. Uh,
1: it's only and, 40 pages, and there's a couple yeah, blanks so, right um, so we might be able to read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'll just drop this here, and if those who want to read it can read it, and uh, I'll try and get uh, a little more uh, well-versed on it uh for the next meeting but uh um not in article format but just in general news um it seems like and i'm not going to get too heavy into politics because uh you know that can be a touchy subject these days but uh seems like uh donald uh president trump has uh put forth nominations for elaine chow to take over the uh kennedy performing arts Uh, or as a board position oh hang on let me get this straight Uh, as put for nominations for transportation secretary Elaine Chao um, as members of the board of trustees of the John F. Kennedy Center Center of the Performing Arts beyond that um, and let me get my other news articles up here on my phone Um, we are weighing or Biden is waiting. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, his name has been floated uh, for the incoming department uh, secretary of transportation. Now, that's not 100%. Um, there are other contenders such as Eric Arcetti uh, from LA, whatever you think of him, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms of Atlanta, and Pete Booty So, um, <laughs> Those are our um possible contenders for uh being in charge of the FAA as among other you know forms of
1: training. So for better or worse there will be changes.
0: So yeah, uh something could change. Um I don't know what that is, but uh um so uh keep an eye on that. And uh um yeah. So uh, with that I think i've uh I've quickly expired all my articles, and uh I think I ran through that pretty quick um Dave, do you have anything for us, sir?
3: um let's see I did hear a couple of times that the anticip- and i apologize I was struggling to get uh connected from about ten of the hour, so you may have already mentioned that the anticipated release of the final rule is uh, somewhere between uh, Christmas and New Year's uh, of this year, I should amend.
1: Okay, so they've clarified more than just being um, by the end of the year. Now they're trying to say really <laughs> at the very end of the year?
3: Yes. And, so, and yeah, expectation not, would be somewhere. A, this is not official, but I, I got it was a, a couple of people, and it was like, I got the you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. You know, this is, you know, good source. That's what that's the latest I've heard.
0: So we're we're estimating somewhere, uh, same time frame as uh, the NPRM, probably you know, 29th, 30th, right after Christmas, while people are sleeping and uh, you know, preparing to get completely trashed for the new year. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, right. and
3: and Alex is mentioning the uh, there are there's um, a circular on the CBO and a circular on the um, flying it at night, and then as he mentions, yep, released in the dead of night, well said. <laughs> and then there's the, I'm not sure about the um, uh, recreational knowledge exam. While we've heard that that you know, may be out at the same time, we've also heard recently that they're struggling with uh, various um, disagreements about it.
1: Yeah, I feel like I heard yeah. that there may be more information on it but they were hoping for sometime in the spring to actually have the top knowledge test available. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. That's Question: consistent.
2: Um, If you already have a Part One Hundred Seven, do you still have to do the recreational test?
0: If you're gonna fly under recreational rules, I, you know I don't think so because I think the One Hundred Seven will encompass that. Now we don't have a solid answer on that.
1: I thought I, I would heard. imagine not. The answer to that i think the faa has stated that but i can't remember and i kind of thought the answer was yes but i'm not totally sure it's i'd say you would because it's a technically a different rule set
3: yeah but of course so the eighty eight four oh nine is under 107 so we'll see what it's a good question we'll see if, if we can get some clarity on that as
0: a, yeah it's a definitely a good question oh, uh,
3: Gravy legs asking, "What's 44809? 44809 44, is the exception for recreational. Gravy's um, not in UAS, chat. <laughs> UAS, um, and which is under Part 107. So if that's, those are the various eleven exceptions that allow us to fly recreational. All
2: right. Quite, here's a sticky question for you yeah. guys. Um, you know, uh, you know, if you're a Part 107. But you want to go fly your own drone and not under, not necessarily a part 107 operation. Like, how does that work?
0: So, the intent of the flight is what rule set you are going to fly under. So, even if you are a part 107, you can fly under rec rules, um, as TextJet was saying. So, uh, it's all about the intent of the flight. Um, so if your intent is to go out and fly recreationally, you're not gonna, you know, make any monetary value off of it to include, you know, monetizing a YouTube video or anything like that. Uh, then yes, uh, you can fly under recreational rules. So, right before um, you
1: fly, yell into the sky, I'm doing this recreationally, and then right <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you have your drone that's let's say you're part one, you have a you have a you part one seven registered it. Do you have to also register it uh, if you're flying recreationally separately? So
0: recreationally, currently, um, you, I mean, if you're going to fly part 107, then obviously you need to register the individual drones. Now, currently, yeah. uh, depending on what happens with remote ID, um, you only have to register yourself as a pilot under recreational. So um, my my suggestion would be, is that if you're going to fly recreationally, register recreationally, and even if that drone is registered as a Part 107, you can still fly it recreationally. Yeah, and like at, and you,
1: like TextJet and Alex say, they just put both sets of numbers on their aircraft just to yeah. be extra safe.
0: So again, it all comes down to the intent of the flight.
2: Yeah, okay. That's a good question, though. Um, yeah, because it's like both the drone, it's a pilot and an airframe thing.
1: Mm-hmm. right so yeah yep yeah bruce right. you should put them on there with like an etch-a-sketch so when you crash they they erase themselves the <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good call man. that's awesome
3: self-destructing I never thought of that numbers uh,
0: that's so great we should do that that's hilarious let's just turn it exploding,
3: sketch. exploding bolts or something
0: Yeah. Next, next, uh, Rotorite episode. Oh, that's
1: perfect.
0: Uh,
1: But speaking of timeframes, we should mention that, uh, normally we would have another meeting in two weeks, but that puts us, what the day before Christmas. So,
0: yeah, we're not going to do that to you guys. So, um, you can, uh, we'll have a a little bit of an extended holiday for you guys. You want to have to hear us for, are we going to do one the, the next week?
1: likely we'll try to go for the week yeah the Wednesday after that but maybe it all depends on the FAA if yeah released it anything. might
0: so um, if we do guys if they've released something we will give you as much information as we can at the time uh, if we do have a meeting um, but uh, you know please give us uh, at least a few hours to come over it in some detail and uh, get that information uh, through that Um, what about the RDQ lawsuit? Um, you know, they did post it. Uh, they did post some information. Uh, I do know that. Um, uh, do we have a link to that? Does anybody have a link to that? Um, I don't have one handy on me at the moment, but, uh, they did post some information. They post, uh, some freedom of information act, uh, stuff that they had. Uh, thank you. Um, but uh, you know, I again, we're while we do talk to Tyler, uh, we're not heavily involved in that particular lawsuit. Um, and I had but...
3: I had a brief exchange, positive exchange uh, with Tyler this week. Uh, we just uh, uh, checked base and uh, confirmed that uh, we're doing the rapid analysis that we've talked about of the final rule as soon as it comes mm-hmm. out and. And because we don't put our information behind the paywall, um, well, regardless of that, we're, we will share it with uh, Tyler and his team. Yeah. In fact, we, we will share. Go
0: ahead.
3: Yeah, we're just from what we can tell, we're, we've gained some uh, reasonable level of knowledge about this stuff. Uh, so we think it can help uh, in Tyler's cause and we're uh, supportive of his efforts.
0: Yeah. And just like last time, guys, we'll post that information again. It will not be behind any paywall. Um, and generally we, uh, send that information often unsolicited to everybody that we have contact information for, uh, to include, uh, you know, out on Facebook and to companies, uh, like RDQ, like GetFPV, Um, and, uh, we will send that, that rapid analysis out so that everybody kind of knows where we stand at that given point and kind of what the path forward it could look like. So, um, yeah, uh, we're committed to that and, uh, we will have that out. And then, uh, you know, from that point forward, we have 60 days to challenge it. I'm sure
1: the remote ID rule will just say recreation's fine. No need to worry about it. And then we'll have nothing to do. Right. Well, you know, according to administrator Dixon, you know, I mean, and if that's the case, I mean, let, let's, let's all, charge all forward with that. I yeah, guess then so. it'll be a party. We'll have to organize a party instead.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll have a recreational uh, drone day. Recreation. Uh, yep. And uh, so um, that, that'll is be...
1: asking there, is there any kind of organization that groups all the RC retailers together?
0: Uh, no, there isn't. No. And um, that's something that uh, we've explored. Uh, to be honest with you. And it's something that
1: uh, didn't quite take off. Um, and it's, but I would... In some ways, the FPVFC is trying to sort of be that organization in such that we currently have a few of those stores endorsing us.
0: Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, would that be something that's possible in the future? It could be. Uh, we haven't put the the idea to bed yet. Um, but uh, it's something that uh, we tried to do. Um, it's something that didn't quite take off at the time, um, but you know, with uh, current events and, and stuff upcoming, it may be something that needs to be uh, reinvestigated uh, in the near future. So,
3: And the AMA does have a 501c6 organization, uh, which is a trade association, and they've invited a number of uh, retailers but it's, um, there's not a ready-made RC might be part of it, but I think that may be it in terms of drone, uh, re, you know, lo- the larger drone and FPV retailers, horizon, um, horizon hobbies. I'm quite sure is part of it.
0: So, um, and, uh, we are, uh, currently working with, uh, talking, talking with, uh, other companies that, uh, like get FPV are choosing to endorse us. And, uh, you know, that's, that's good for us. It's good for the hobby. And, uh, hopefully we can, uh, work on those relationships as we continue to grow. So.
3: Text oh, So speaking of text, oh, Bob got an <laughs> Nice. That's what we get for living in Texas. Uh, that's funny. Yep, yep. There are all sorts of critters in Texas. Nice photo.
0: All right, Dan, you got anything for us, sir?
3: Uh,
1: no, I don't. Alex, uh, don't got anything either. At least that
0: right. I can think of. All right. Well, you
3: know I will. Feral
0: I will open <laughs> any any other comments, questions, concerns. Anything we can help uh help you guys with?
1: So saw we got a lot Good. of new people in the Discord server recently. I think a lot of them came from some recent Facebook posts and an Instagram post by GetFPV, so they're doing a great job directing people our way. Go ahead, uh, yeah. yeah,
3: our thanks to GetFPV's endorsement, Rotor Riot's endorsement, and we'll hopefully uh, add a couple more to those. That's That's helped us, and we appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. So on that note, so I think uh... Elias had one more question. <laughs> thanks, thanks, just, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just curious. What um? Do you guys record? Do you guys are recording this, right? Yeah. Yeah, we post yep.
0: them to YouTube and uh, podcast. So. Okay. Copy. I have a story
2: for you guys after you are done recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sounds yep. good.
0: Um. All right, guys. Well, with that, um, I will wish you guys a Merry Christmas. And um, even though we're a little bit away,s but we won't uh, see each other before then. So... Um, or hear each other, I guess I should say. <laughs> Unless the FAA um,
1: surprises us with new regulations, then we'll be back. Exactly. So... Gonna,
3: uh, Alex says a happy, happy road, road ID. ID. <laughs> All
0: right. So... Uh, so I will say Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, please uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you
2: on the on the on the opposite side of Christmas. So.